Amen. In the scriptures, there are, there are three categories of sin that are listed. Uh, in one verse, the Bible talks about the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. Everybody say that with me. The lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. I want to I zero in uh, on, on that third one for just a little bit tonight and talk to us about the pride of life. And uh, I hope I can give us good understanding because this is a subject that we need to approach in our personal lives and make sure that we stay right with God. If there's anything that God hates, it is man that lifts himself up and especially those who lift themselves up above God. The scriptures tell us that he is a very jealous God. Do you believe that tonight? He said there is no other God beside him, and I believe that. So let me just talk to you a little bit. I want to talk about where pride came from, what pride has done, uh, the results of pride. We'll, we'll just talk about it in depth for a little bit tonight. It is a sin that will literally turn God against you. The Bible said, the Bible said that if we humble ourselves before the Lord, then uh, then He will He'll He'll accept us. He'll be near us. But the Bible said that He rejects and He pushes off pride. And 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 by pride, I do not mean self-respect. Let me let me talk about it, and I'll get there in just a few minutes. But Satan. Satan, Lucifer, fed the pride of his own heart until he determined in Isaiah chapter 14, beginning at verse 13, this is what he said. I will ascend into heaven and will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend upon or excuse me, I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. And this is what he said. I will be like the most high. And that got him in trouble. The first of all sins shocked the universe. The first of all sins. Lucifer wanted to take the place of God. Thus, pride was born. And this seed put him... Or, or excuse me, this need put him above uh, God in his own mind. And it began what we know as a spiritual warfare. It was from that point that God cast Satan out of heaven. And the Bible said he fell like lightning. And the Lord put him out. And with him, one-third of his followers are one-third of the angels of heaven. Our pride is evidence of the spirit of Lucifer. If we have pride, it's because the devil, Lucifer, has affected us. And it is seen in the way we put our interest above other folks' interest. Pride is difficult to see in our own selves. Hear me out tonight. But very easy to detect in others. One fellow said... It's the only disease in the world where everybody else sees it and feels it except the one who has it. Think about it. 
It's the only disease in the world that affects everybody else and the one that has the sickness, the disease of pride, often don't even know what they have. For example, Pharaoh of the Old Testament, the Bible said, hardened his heart against God. His pride was obvious in Exodus chapter 5. When he hardened his heart against the voice of Moses and, and, and would not listen to what God sent the man of God to tell him. There again in, in 1 Samuel chapter 1, if you read the story of King Saul, how that Saul offered a sacrifice unto God when it was not his business to offer a sacrifice unto God. But his pride caused him to get out of his place. You see, pride is an a it's a, a spirit that affects us and affects us deeply if it's not taken care of in prayer at an altar and with sacrifice. It was Nebuchadnezzar, his pride that that over the greatness of Babylon, if you read all about that, that pride over the greatness of Babylon was uh, was something that that Nebuchadnezzar couldn't overcome and therefore uh, sent him to the fields to dwell like an animal. And for seven years he lived as a beast of the field. I may touch on that just a little bit more in just a few minutes. But, but then, so, so that pride is a killer. It's a destroyer. It, it takes our minds and it, and it turns us in the wrong direction. It was the Pharisee that stood in the temple in the New Testament when Jesus uh, told about the, 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 the publican and the Pharisee, the publican who beat his chest and said, Lord, forgive me, for I'm a sinner. But it was the Pharisee that stood up and raised his little naughty hand and said, I just thank you that I'm not like other men. That's a Pharisaical attitude. So what I've come to talk to you about tonight is something very serious because Pride is so easy, so easy to spot in everybody but ourselves. And so when it comes upon us, we have to get rid of it. The very nature of pride is to focus us on what is right with ourselves and wrong with everybody else. Amen. Somebody here said amen. So consequently, pride is a sin that breaks Watch me now. More marriages, destroys more families, ruins more ministries, breaks more friendships than any other sin. Pride alienates husbands from wives, parents from children, brothers and sisters from each other. And the very nature of pride moves you to exalt yourself above somebody else. When you hear Yourself insist on having it your way, knowing, know this, that that's a prideful spirit. And it is sure to distance you between you and perhaps your best friend or your spouse or a family member or somebody you're associated with because nobody likes somebody that thinks they ought to have it their way all the time. Amen. So, I, I just want to dig a little bit tonight. It's sure to put distance there. Why, why does God hate pride so much? 
Why is it that the Bible said in the scripture, he resisteth the proud? One translation says this, he stiff arms the proud. Do you know what a stiff arm is? Any of you guys ever played football? A stiff arm, when the guy's running the ball, he can put his arm out and put it on the helmet of the guy trying to tackle him and often drive him to the ground. It's a stiff arm. One translation said, he stiff arms the proud. He pushes them off. But he giveth grace. He giveth grace to the humble. Because pride, here's why God hates it. Because pride introduced brokenness into the universe. When the devil got it, then he approached Adam and Eve with it. And here's what he told them. And this is what got him. If you'll eat that fruit, he don't want you eating that because he's afraid you'll be like him. And pride got him. Pride said, I want to be like God. I want to have what God has. And so Lucifer lied to Adam and Eve, and thus in Genesis 3, pride was born in the human race. Let me tell you something about the human race before pride came. It was a day of innocence. They did not even understand that they were naked. They did not know good from evil till they eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. It was the paradise of God. It's what God put them in and made them ruler over. And if there would not have been sin, and if pride would not have come into the equation, then paradise would still be. There's sorrow in childbearing because of sin. There's a hell that is accepting those that will not repent because of pride. We are living in a world that has been totally dysfunctional since the, the days of Adam and Eve because pride has overwhelmed and pride has taken its place in the lives of people. Pride is actually a failure, a failure to distinguish between the creator and the creature. And in the arrogance of pride, people say, I don't need God or I'll be a God unto myself. The new age generation says that we're all gods. We're gods unto ourselves. That, that is a damnable doctrine that don't need to be practiced by any of us because we are not gods. We are the, the people that are made of God and we are made to worship God and not worship ourselves. Amen. So we fail to remember that we are dependent upon God sometimes. And thus we get lifted up. And here's, here's how pride works. The more you get, the more it moves in. The more successful you are in the eyes of the world, you can be unsuccessful in the eyes of God. Pride is, 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 is the root, literally the root of all sin. Just think about that with me. It, it continues to separate us from people we love. How many parents could have had a relationship with an alienated child if they would have wrote a letter or made a phone call? How many children could have fixed a relationship with a mom or a dad, but because of pride, 
They wouldn't make the phone call, wouldn't write the letter, wouldn't say, I'm sorry. Do you know the two hardest words in the English vocabulary? Does anybody know them? I'm sorry, because you have to get humble to say, I'm sorry. If you're really sorry, it works. It'll build relationships, but you see, pride makes us resist the effort to apologize and to to reconcile, and, and we continue to be alienated from people. Pride refuses to say, I'm sorry, or forgive me, or I was wrong. Pride kills, say this with me, pride kills relationships. It, it not only kills relationships with people, it kills your relationship with God. Because if you don't forgive people, God can't forgive you. You ever seen anybody that was just pretty, pretty professional at keeping a grudge, holding a grudge, just getting on hold of something that, that, and if I'm preaching to you, don't you throw this over your shoulder. You get it and put it right down in here tonight, okay? This is not for everybody else. Say, this is for me. It's for me and it's for you. But here's, here's what I want to tell you, that, that, that if you don't forgive people, you God's not going to forgive you. Here's the scripture. When you bring your gift to the altar, if you remember that your brother have all against you, leave your gift at the altar. Get up from the altar, and the Bible said, go be reconciled unto your brother. Everybody say this. Go make it right. Go make it right. And when you go make it right, then you can come back, and God's ready to accept your gift. The scriptures tell us in the Lord's prayer, the Lord said, pray after this manner. Forgive us our debts. Somebody finish that. As we forgive our debtors. Lord, I want you to forgive me like I'm going to forgive Eric Pearson. I want you to forgive me like I'm going to forgive Jesse Masters. And if I can't forgive you, then God can't forgive me. But you see, sometimes our pride thinks that we can get forgiveness of God and be arrogant toward those who have wronged us or hurt us. Pride is the sin that turns God away from us. Is this all right with everybody? James 4 and 10 says, humble yourselves before the Lord and he'll lift you up. Humble yourselves before God. Here's, here's the attitude that Christians have to take. It's not about me. It's about him. It's not about everything I want. It's about whatever I got to do to please God. You can either please God or please yourself. I promise you, you can't do both. Amen. I promise you that will never work. Pride, pride destroys. Now, pride versus self-respect. Everybody say those two words, self-respect. Look, it's self-respect when you take a bar of soap and you wash your body. It's self-respect when you stand and comb your hair before you go out of the room. It's self-respect when you brush your teeth instead of blowing everybody away with your breath. Soap and water is about the cheapest thing you can get, folks. There ain't no cause for any of us walking around here stinking. If you're on the Internet tonight, I love you. God bless you. It's for you too. 
Amen. Self-respect. Sometimes we call it pride, but it's self-respect. God loves cleanliness. Cleanliness, one fellow said, is next to godliness. He loves cleanliness. Amen. And he loves people who take care of themselves. I can prove that by the scripture. I'm not going into all that tonight. But self-respect is very healthy. It's the basis for which we build respect not only for ourselves but for other people. If you don't respect yourself, guess what? Nobody else is going to respect you either. Well, I got a few that's right and amen. They're scattered. Of course, you're scattered. If we don't respect ourselves, we won't respect anybody else. And when we realize that God sacrificed his son to make us his children and, and, and to make us live a productive and healthy life, we have to realize the self-worth of, of who we are. We're not just anybody. We are the children of God. We represent the kingdom of God. I could say a whole lot right here. I could, I could do a whole lot of pastoring right here. Amen. We had, we had someone many years ago when we had a choir. And, 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 and you know what? It, 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 was just, uh, it was just bad to stand by that person. If you don't respect yourself, nobody else is going to respect you. Take a bath. Comb your hair. Brush your teeth. Put on clean clothes. Don't smell like you've been in the oil field 30 days. Everybody say amen, Pastor. So they started complaining to me. I said, I don't know what to do. How do you go tell somebody they stink? That's when they don't pay me enough to pastor. How do you go say, you got body odor, you need to take a bath? First thing they're going to do is they're going to say, I'm out of here. Well, they're out of here anyway, so I don't guess it matters. But the bottom line, self-respect. We love God, the Bible said, because he first loved us. And pride, on the other hand, puts us first and God second. And, and we become arrogant and we assume that we've got everything under control and nobody can tell us what to do. I want you to listen to me right now. Everybody, me, you, everybody needs to hear somebody in their life that can give them direction. You are not smart enough to do everything by yourself. Amen. That's just good stuff. I know people that... that one fellow was working with somebody one time and, and uh, they kept talking about all the things they had done and they looked at him finally and said, how old are you? And they told me, he said, man, I thought you'd have to be at least 120 to know all you know and done all you've done. But the facts are you can't, you can't get lifted up. Listen to me. Education is good, but it don't make you any better than anybody else. Money makes the mare trot. Money pays the light bill. And if you get a little extra of it, you've been blessed. But that don't mean you any better than anybody else. Now I'm preaching good. The facts are we can't get lifted up in pride. We even get to the place sometime that we don't want to hear anybody tell us anything. We want to do it our way. Elvis did it his way. You see where he is. Just a thought. 
Amen. I don't know where that came from. It wasn't in my notes. But I read a, a myth about a, a man named Narcissus. He looked into a well and he saw a reflection of himself in the water. And he became so in love with the reflection that he tried to hug himself and fell into the well and drowned. That's not self-respect. That's pride and it's stupidity. Don't fall in love with yourself so much that you think you're the only one that's got the goods and you know everything. This is good Bible study. This is stuff you need to put down in your heart and remember when you walk out of here tonight. Because let me tell you, when you get to that place, God don't like you and guess what? Most folks don't either. Hallelujah. Y'all still with me? One of the most, one of the most Insidious things about pride is the ability to hide in so many places in our personality. For instance, for instance, I want you to hear me closely tonight. Many people take pride in being born in a certain land or being a male or a female or even of a certain race, yet you had nothing to do with that. Those are factors that you had nothing to do with. And making yourself proud of something like that is an expression of prejudice and terrible pride. Amen. It ain't what color you are. It ain't what background you, I know it ain't, it's not in the dictionary, but it is tonight. It ain't what background you're from. It ain't what your mom or daddy's name was. That's not what it's all about. It's about humbling ourselves at the mighty hand of God so that we can be what God wants us to be. You see, I, I'm, I'm just telling you right now, there's a lot of that stuff going on. There's a lot of proud people in America, and we can't let pride get in the church. Let me tell you what I love about Christian life. You ready? I love it because it's a place of worship for all people. The poor, the rich, the black, the white, the red, the yellow, it doesn't matter who you are. Everybody's welcome here, and we have one common denominator that has made us the church and that's called the Holy Ghost. The Spirit of God hath made us all the same and he's brought us into one body by one spirit. The Bible said that. We are one body. We've all been baptized by one baptism. Amen. Well, you know, I've, I've, I've been around here. I like it. I like it when I heard a fellow say one time, people used to say, well, I've been in the way. The way, you know, mean the truth. I've been in the way 30 years. He said, that's exactly right. You've been in the way 30 years. Well, I've been in the way all my life, if you want to get down to it. But the facts are, it don't make me any better than the sinner that walks in off the street. We're just saved by grace. We're here by the mercies of God. We don't have anything to be lifted up by. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. God is not taken by denominations. He's taken by truth. He don't, he's not real concerned about the name you hang on your door. He's more concerned about the truth you live in your life. I'm preaching good stuff here tonight. Amen. 
Because I've seen some that hung names on themselves that didn't anywhere near live up. Well, you're being judgmental. No, I'm not. I just know those that labor among me, and the Bible tells me to do that. Amen. Facts are you got to know that there's some people that are lifted up with pride. Other people, there's wealth, there's education, there's economic status. I'm not preaching against all that. How many of you wish tonight you had a million dollars? Raise your hand. If you don't raise your hand, you're the biggest liar in this building. We all like money. If I said right now, to the first guy to the front of this church, I'm going to give $100, and I pulled it out. There'd be a scramble. You boys on the front trip over one another. You know why? Because we're all human. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with having, having a, a, a desire and having uh, intuition and having drive and, and wanting the things of life. Nothing wrong with that. I hope you drive the best car you can get. I hope you live in the finest house you can live in. I hope you have the best wardrobe you can possibly buy. But at the same time, I hope pride don't get you. Because here's that word again. It ain't worth it. Everybody said amen. If I had that arm, Brother Thompson Harrell brought me with that hand on it, I'd slap myself on the back tonight with it because I'm telling you the truth and you know I am. Amen? You have nothing, nothing to be proudful of. Here's what the Bible said in 1 Peter 5, verse 5. Be subject one to another. Be clothed with humility. For God resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the humble. Be subject one to another. You know what that means? That means that, that I'm subject to Jimmy Williams and he's subject to me and I'm subject to James. We're subject to one another and that means we submit ourselves. We listen. Bible said in the multitude of counsel their safety. <clears throat> you ever read that scripture? Multitude of counsel, their safety. You know what that means? More voices, more people are smarter than one. Where there's unity, there's strength. There's power in numbers. <clears throat> I hope you hear me tonight. Be subject one to another. Clothe yourself with humility. You see, you must cast aside pride of every form because it will keep you from the best that God has for you. If you humble yourself, watch me now, God will give you grace when you need it to get past the hurts that people put on you. And, 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 and it'll also help you to reach out to others and it'll also let you find peace and joy in living. I would hate to be some people who constantly have to have a chip on their shoulder and they yeah, yeah, and nothing. Have you ever just seen anybody that nothing's right? Nothing's good. Everything's bad. You can't even ask them how they're feeling unless you've got 30 minutes to hear how bad it is. I pastored a guy one time. I told you this story before, but I'm going to tell it again because some of you wasn't here. 
I pastored a guy one time. He was, have you ever heard of people that are just against it? He was just against it. It didn't matter what you did. I want him to the Lord. When I, when I started working on him, he's a, he's a big old husky guy. And today he's, he, he loves me like no telling what. And I, I hadn't passed him in 30 years, but I, I, his mom and dad came to my church, so I met him. I knew he liked to hunt. I said, hey, let's go squirrel hunting. I don't squirrel hunt. I care less about squirrel hunting. That's just a glorified rat's all that is. Oh, you squirrel leaders, hope it didn't hurt your feelings. But I went. Not that we'll forget. He's bold. He, he got in that, in that truck that morning. He lit his cigarette up. I, I, I breathed that old secondhand smoke, brother. But I rode with him. I just made a friend out of him. And guess what? wasn't long before he came down to the altar. God filled him with the Holy Ghost and I baptized him, but he was always against it. He just, it was his nature. He was just against it, and I never will forget it. We were going to put carpet in the church, and so, wasn't this church, by the way. So, I, I uh, we, we got the carpet, and, and uh, it was, it was nice carpet, and, and we, we put it in the church, and I heard him, he came, I don't like that carpet. I said, really? What, what's wrong with the carpet? Well, that shows too many footprints. He was just, again, he didn't care. He just looked for something to be against. I'd have a men's meeting, and everybody would be for it but him. He just wouldn't raise anything. He just against it. Everything, I don't care what it was. He loved me and loved church. He was just wanted to be against everything. It's a true story. I was driving down the road not many days after that, and he was standing out the end of his driveway, and he waved me down. I stopped and called his name and said, what you got? He said, come in my house, I want to show you something. I said, okay. So I went in his house, and he got to laughing. He said, how do you like this carpet? It was the same carpet we put in the church. <laughs> he just wanted to be contrary. <laughs> be subject to one another, but don't be stupid. Amen. You see, you, you can't let things like that. You just, you got to let some things roll off of you like water off a duck's back. You got to have peace and joy in your life. Don't live your life being, a, being uh, one that just everything's bad, everything you're against, everything's terrible. Don't be a, a, a calamity howler all your life. Why don't you just stand up and say, you know what? I'm not worried about what they've done. I'm not worried about what they say. I'm not worried about what they done to me 10 years ago. Somebody came to my dad one time and their mother-in-law had wronged him. He said, what I need to do? She said, it was a woman. said, what I need to do? He said, go bake her a cake. Pretty good advice. Because you know what it'll do? It'll take the sword out of people's hand. You know what the Bible said? Pray for those that despitefully use you and love those that hate you. Amen? When they do you wrong, don't do them wrong. Just do them right. Matter of fact, when you love the devil out of them, you ain't doing nothing but heaping coals of fire on their head. It's in the Bible. Just keep loving them. And don't get 
Don't get mad and hold a grudge and say, you know what, until I've had people say, until they apologize. I, I, I met a lady in the store here not long ago, and I, I, I hadn't talked to her in a long time, and I just said, hey, what's so, so, so. I said, I got your seat saved at church. She said, I ain't coming. I said, why? So-and-so owes me an apology. I'd hate to go to hell over somebody else. Amen. If they don't ever apologize, I ain't going to hell. I'm going to forgive them and move on. Are you with me tonight? You see what pride can do to us? And I'm talking about, it'll keep you from saying, I'm sorry. I forgive you. I love you in spite of our difference. It'll, it'll, it'll cause you, if I, if I had the time tonight to, to go into the, the story of Nebuchadnezzar, how that he called Daniel in, and Daniel interpreted his dream. I'm, I can't cover it all, but, but let me just tell you, when you go read the story of, in the book of Daniel of Nebuchadnezzar, how that he had a dream and Daniel in, interpreted it, and, and, and all this stuff that he saw was his kingdom. And because he took all the glory and he said, I'm going to, I'm the one that built Babylon. I'm responsible for this, and this is my kingdom. God whacked his legs out, wondering if I could use that little terminology. And let me tell you, he, he caused him to lose his kingdom and go to the field and eat like the beast of the field. He, brother, the story of Nebuchadnezzar will tell you that pride never pays off. Never pays off. It doesn't matter what you think you have and how big you think you are and how well you think you're doing it and how much you think you know. There is a certain amount of pride that will say, that God will say, I don't like that. I'm going to resist that. I'm going to turn away from that. And you can't even pray with pride. God's not answering that. We are blind victims of the things that have shaped our attitudes and shaped our actions. And sometimes we want to heap it all on everybody else when in reality it's us. The biggest problem I have is not sitting out there. The biggest problem I have is standing right here. And guess what? The biggest problem you have, put your shoes on tonight. And I'm guessing you put your own on. The biggest problem you have is not everybody else. Amen? Well, I've had people say, I'd go to that church, but so-and-so's there. Well, I've had them say, I'll go there, but too many hypocrites. One more won't hurt. Come on, join up. Amen. You going to let people keep you from doing the right thing, from living for God, for giving it your your dead level best. You see, people get offended and, 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 and they, they quit their jobs in the church. They throw their ministries down. Amen. I've had people bail out of classes, quit positions, get off the platform. Let me tell you something. Everybody look right at me. I wish I could look you all in the eye right now. I'm going to tell you something. When you see somebody start giving up all the ministries of the church, you are seeing somebody that's fixing to be out the door. That ain't in the Bible. That's right here. 
but I've been around long enough to see it. When they start quitting everything they're doing, well, my feelings got hurt. Well, bury your feelings at the altar and have blood cover your soul. Do I hit hurt feelings? Yeah, my feelings get hurt sometimes. Anybody's feelings ever get hurt? Mine do. I get my feelings hurt. I can't live by what everybody else says or what everybody else does. I want to do the right thing. I want to be kind to people. I want to love people. But I can't let my feelings get hurt because then what happens is I get too much pride to say my feelings are hurt. I get too much pride to admit my wrong. And even if I, if I thought I was right in the beginning and come back and found out I was wrong, I'm talking to us tonight, then it's hard to say, you know what, I was wrong. Amen. See, pride goeth, here's the scripture. You ready for this? It's found in Proverbs chapter 16 and verse 18. Here's what it says. I want you to hear it. It is one of the wise Proverbs one of the wise proverbs of that book. It said, pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. If you want to displease God, if you want to drive away your friends, if you want to cause chaos in your family, if you want things to go downhill in your life, you get lifted up with a little bit of pride. And I want to tell you, you're on your way to trouble because it goes before destruction. And a haughty spirit, that spirit that says, preacher, don't talk to me about that. My best friend, don't, don't tell me about that. Pride goes before destruction. When you won't listen to anybody, when you won't hear anybody, that's what happened to Saul. Samuel had talked to him, but Saul wouldn't listen. And Saul said, I'll just offer this sacrifice myself. The man of God's not here. And let me tell you, he was in trouble with God. He was in so much trouble that you find him in a place where God literally rejected him and took his hand off of him as king over Israel. And he died in that shape. So our hearts can be distorted and our life can be things that are hidden maybe from others but a life of pride. As long as we live, we have, we have to deal with pride as long as we live. When you get up in the morning, the devil's going to try to inject that old spirit into you. The pride of life. It's the deepest, most pervasive sin in our nature and the hardest one to detect and the hardest one to get rid of and the hard, hardest one to defeat. Here's what you have to do every day. You have to be humble. Somebody say be humble. You have to be humble before God. You have to take the idea that I'm nothing, God, and you're everything. I can't do this by myself. God, I, can't, I love the song that says, I can't walk without Jesus. I can't talk without Jesus. I can't make one day without Jesus. You see, the prideful man thinks that he's got it figured out, and he can. But those who are humble before God know that there's no way that they can exist and no way they can be successful. You may be successful in the eyes of the world, but could I, could I tell you tonight that your success in the eyes of the world aren't necessarily success in the eyes of God. 
Do you understand that? Whatever you, you think is success in this world may be utter failure in the eyes of God. Let me, let me tell you about God. And, 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 and I, I read something not long ago. It was 29 things of proud people versus broken people. You say broken. Yeah, broken. It's okay to cry. Matter of fact, it's good to cry. It's good to have a broken spirit. I want to tell you what Psalms 51 said in the 17th verse. David said, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit. And watch what else he said. A broken and a contrite heart, O God, thou wilt not despise. He loveth such. He loveth such. One scripture said he loveth such as a broken heart, a broken spirit. He loves you to be broken. You can't waltz into the presence of God like you're a king. He's the king. We are servants. Amen. He's the king. We are just servants. We have to approach him like servants. I don't have time to read them all, perhaps. I sure can't expound on them. But if I could, if I could just take a moment and let you see the difference, okay? I'm going to read a few of these. I picked this up some time ago, and, and I stuck it in my Bible. Pardon me. And this is, this is what it says, proud people versus broken people. Here's the difference. Proud people focus on the failures of others, but broken people are overwhelmed with a sense of their own spiritual need. Proud people are self-righteous. They have a critical, fault-finding spirit. They look at everybody else's faults with a microscope, but their own with a telescope. And they look down on others, but not broken people. Humble, broken people are compassionate. And they can forgive much because they know how much they have been forgiven. And they esteem others better than themselves. Proud people have an independent, self-sufficient spirit. But broken people have a dependent spirit and recognize they need others. Are you with me? Proud people have to prove that they are right, but not broken people. Broken people are willing to yield the right to be right. Proud people claim rights and have a demanding spirit, but broken people yield their rights and they have a meek spirit. Proud people are self-protective of their own time and their own rights, and their own reputation. They're protective. But broken people are just self-denying. They deny themselves through fasting, through prayer, through giving, through loving. Proud people desire to be served, but broken people are motivated to serve others. Boy, there's 29 of them. I'm on, I'm on number eight. Desire, proud people desire to be a success. But broken people are motivated to be faithful and make others a success. Number nine, desire, the proud people desire self-advancement, but not broken people. They're constantly trying to promote others. You see, it goes on and on and on, and the difference is so, it's so real. 
and it's so, it, it's so plain to see when people get an arrogant and proudful spirit. Let me tell you something. I want to take you down just a notch right now. Can I? You ain't nothing but a mud ball that God had mercy on. The only reason you have what you have is because God's been good to you. And he's been merciful and he's given you grace. The only reason I am even here is by the mercies of God and the grace of God. I don't have anything to be lifted up about and neither do you. So let's just get, look, there's some folks I'm telling you right now, if a good rain comes tonight and they walk outside, they're drowned. Their nose is so high in the air they think they're better than everybody. I'm glad we don't have people like that in this church, aren't you? Well, I tell you what, I can sing better than that and they won't put me up there. Well, it might be because of your spirit. I can teach a class better than that and they've never asked me to teach. I give more money to the church than they do. Why do they get all the attention? It's pride speaking. I've been around here for a long, I got a little seniority here. Honey, there is no seniority here. Those that came in at the 11th hour, the last time I read, got the same pay as those that came in the first hour. What I read, there's no seniority here. We're just here by grace. We're here by mercy. We're here because God loved us. And we have nothing to be prideful about. Are you with me tonight? I hurry to a close. I hasten. Be humble. The only way to be humble is to pray and to fast and to seek the face of God. Don't listen to the lies of the devil. Don't let him lie to you. Some of you are almost like the, the guy that went to the football game and he got up and left because he thought when they huddled in the middle of the field they were talking about him. They ain't talking about you. We got better things to talk about. Amen. My mother-in-law, God rest her soul. My wife's not here tonight. She's with her sister, so I can say this. God rest her soul. If any of the kids got together and said something where she couldn't hear it, she got mad because she just knew we were all talking about her. We weren't talking about her. Facts are, you can't, you can't live like that. Get that chip off your shoulder. Quit worrying about what everybody else is doing. Well, I'll tell you what. They don't live for God like I live for God. Really? Well, they don't have the values that I have. Really? It's kind of like the song that Joan Ewan wrote many years ago. If you had known me before I knew him, you'd understand why I love him. Amen? God dug some of us deeper out than he did others. There's people in this church that have had lifestyles that I know nothing about. But I can't be prideful and say, I, I never was hooked on drugs. I never was hooked on alcohol. I never have 
been hooked on nicotine. I, I can't take a pride. I can be thankful for that. But I'm not any better than anybody else. I'm no better than the drug addict or the alcoholic or the prostitute on the street or whoever it may be. I am no better than them. The only reason I'm here is by the grace of God. I got here just like you got here, by the grace of God. So let's put away our pride and just give thanks unto the Lord and humble ourselves at the mighty hand of God.